0: All right, we got a winner. Oh, we got a winner. We got a winner. 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 And uh, we're off. And here
1: we go. It's been another week in racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael new Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of the shows. Real fans look forward to these
0: guys in their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal on. What well, they say makes sense, so ladies and gents sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com What's up everybody, I'm Magic
1: And I'm Mike
0: Magic Mike Show, episode 356. Mr. Samich. Golden Huzzah. Love it. My God. Can I start off the bat? Uh, there are no better fans than the Magic Mike Army. It's literally like one minute past the live time. We never start on time. And we're yeah. getting flooded with comments, and people are excited because we're talking about the Golden Hour. We're going back to the Golden Hour. This is a fun sequence.
1: Today's Golden
0: Hour. Today's golden hour. Story. We're like two hours
1: from post. Uh,
0: so if you're listening to this on the podcast, I apologize. Um, it's Most of this is probably not going to mean anything to you uh, unless you want to listen back in redboard, but nobody likes to do that. But this is going to be a great show. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you can skip ahead to about the last 10 minutes. Mike and I are going to give our Kentucky Derby thoughts if you want to hear that. But uh, yeah, Mike. Here,
1: here I thought you were just going to edit the thing. You're not going to edit this out?
0: <laughs> that's going to do it for the uh, golden hour talk. If you want to stick around. Excuse me, we're going to stick around for a minute. We're going to talk a little bit of Kentucky Derby stuff uh, from what's going on. So, Mike, we had Morello win the Gotham, Simplification wins the Fountain of View Stakes, Forbidden Kingdom in the San Felipe Stakes. And let's throw Taiba in because Taiba debut win 103 buyer, uh, you know, justify Charlottes McLean's music levels. Who was the most impressive to you of those four?
1: um man, simplification probably um because simplification did it in a way that i was not expecting uh, I, I thought that that was again not the best trip ever for simplification not up close to the early lead kind of was a little slow out of the gate and and if you watch the race back Got this trip where like you get shuffled back from that two post, ends up in the the third flight on the rail, then has to slowly work his way out as you're down the backstretch. So you're giving up ground, trying to find a way in between horses for a lot of the backstretch finally gets loose and by loose I mean it has to go seven or eight wide uh, around the final turn and is able to keep that momentum and going go forward. Um, obviously there's a lot going going on inside during that turn we had two horses that went down in the race thankfully everyone is okay both jockeys and and horses that was, looked awful I mean you can tell by our reactions on the on the, the live the video that's up on YouTube how scared we were for the horses and the jockeys in the moment um, the four horse in due time kind of gets a, an interesting split was a little bit affected I don't know how much. Um, by, by creating really the problem, um, that, that happened. So interesting race, but I thought simplification was the most impressive simply because still hasn't changed leads, still hasn't gotten the trip that we think is ideal for simplification and been able to run a very good second last time out to way to Barrio and be very impressive here in the fun youth on Saturday.
0: He, uh, the more I think about it, he overcame so much, uh, from, I kept harping on it. I keep thinking about it. He didn't change his leads. And it's a thing that bothers the hell out of me. Some horses just don't do that. And you can't really fix it. And some of them succeed despite it. So, uh, you know, essential quality had a weird running style where he was paddling like crazy, but you know what? He won a lot of fucking races. So uh, sometimes they just come through it. And I think, that's kind of what's blinding me with simplification. I'm going to pass on him in the Florida Derby, I think, just because I want to see what happens when he goes a mile and eighth against way to Barrio and uh, whoever else shows up. By the way, what happened to Todd Pletcher? He like two weeks ago, you could have had like three or four Pletchers that you're like, yeah, this could be a Derby horse. And now we're wh- who? <laughs> like, who's he got command? Perf- no, are we back to command performance?
1: No, we're we're in the chancet boat. That's the, the all the marbles are in the chancet boat. Charge it boat. Yeah. It's all very different. (laughs) Yeah. never mind. Yeah. Chance had already uh, failed that one. Uh, It's all in charge. It right. I mean, like command performance, they said, it's going to come back in a maiden and, uh, and go from maiden up into, uh, I think it was into the Florida Derby or into uh, the Keeling race, Uh, the the bluegrass, one of the two, Mm -hmm. Uh, like that's going to be a lot to ask. Although I like the idea of third off the layoff pletcher into the Derby. Um, but after that it's it's Charge it, right? And it's it's really just those two. I, I think Charge it's the more interesting of the two, although we need to see Charge shows versatility if he wants to win the Derby. I don't think Charger can wire that field. He
0: uh the problem with yeah, I don't I don't like the, the way that Charge it's kind of his path is kind of moving right now. Jared sent out there's a horse racing nation, not to pump up horse racing nation, but they had a uh, Ron Flatter had a great article there um talking about the barn tour with Todd Pletcher and the it doesn't seem like they have a huge idea of what charge it's going to do. And uh, Emmanuel was kind of the big hope and that, you know, I I think you still give Emmanuel more chance, but you can't be feeling nearly as excited about it. Hell, look at what happened in the reaction with Jared. As soon as the race is over, Jared just goes, see you guys. And like leaves, peace it out. And that's, that's not, that's a great reaction if you're a fan of that horse because damn it.
1: To be honest, Emmanuel did not get a good trip either. I mean, he was, so he, Pete, the ride was a head scratcher to me. I mean, you push the button way too early on that horse. And I think that was a big part of the why he stopped like he did. Um, and, and you're going seven wide and pushing the button early. It's like, why why are we, why, why are we doing this? Like, why are we not being a little more patient and saving some for the lane? And, you know, so that, that was a little bit of a head scratcher, especially first time against that level. But the horse clearly was not what, what we expected. I mean, if, if you're going to live up to the hype, you win the race with that trip and, and, He did not live up to that hype. Mo Donegal, I think, is the other one we have to at least talk about here. I know that that you and I are personally a little lower on this horse. Um, Didn't get a very good – well, I I didn't think he had a troubled trip. I think he just kind of ran his race, and and that's kind of how he runs races Um, when he was in the – what was it? Not the Fountain of Youth. What was the one before it? The Remsen. Yeah. No, no, no. Not the Remsen. He was in Florida. He ran three and third behind uh, Simplification and way to Barrio. Oh, the, the, Holy the Holy Bull! I'm sorry. The Holy Bull. There you go. Yeah. And the Holy Bull, I thought he kind of got his trip. And that's that's just kind of who he is. He's, he doesn't have this, this amazing turn of foot early. And then he kind of grinds it out late. Um, I thought Simplification got a worse trip than, than him. And Simplification ran better than he did. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how Mo Donegal comes out of that race. I think that horse is going to get hammered in the wood if he goes up there. I may play him in the wood, to be honest, because I don't think the New York Circuit is nearly as good as the Florida Circuit. I will not be playing him in the Derby though. I just I I cannot wait to, to pass on this horse in the Derby.
0: Yeah, it's uh shoot, where is it? I'm trying to run too many different streams from here. Uh Daryl said this is something that I had with who was it? Casa Creed. That's who it was. Uh, I said you got the Casa Creed has a great race. Hard pass next out because he couldn't do it. So as Daryl says, bet Florida Derby, good Kentucky Derby could happen. Uh, Listen, I'm a big fan of Antonio Suno, the trainer. If you don't know his story um, from when he had Gunavera on the Derby Trail, this guy who was the leading trainer multiple years in Venezuela, and then his family immigrated to America because he kept getting kidnapped, or they kept getting kidnapped. It wasn't a one-time thing, and they kept getting kidnapped, and he was like, listen, it's not safe. And so they moved to America, and then he had Gunavera wins the Fountain of View Stakes, was a pretty solid horse. So it uh, seems like a good guy, and does things the right way from a little bit that I know. So happy to see that. Um, I like that Nick said here he's going to uh, Modanigo will win the Wood. I think, yeah, very strong. I agree with you. I think he's got a great shot. He obviously loves Aqueduct, uh, and take money in the Derby. Uh, yeah, like known agenda. Can we do that? <laughs> like to get that known agenda crazy money? That'd be great.
1: That uh, was that was nuts, especially when you draw the one. Yeah. Look, it's been interesting with like the last couple of years, California clearly had the best two year three-year-olds, right? And we saw that with, with the different Bafford horses, but also some of the others, there. even like Rocky World, I think was a really talented horse in last year's class. Um, this year, I don't think that California has nearly as many talented horses. I think a lot more, it's a lot more spread out. I think Pletcher actually got quite a few good horses in this crop. I mean, he's six or seven deep right now, really. If you if you dive into it. Now, obviously they're not all panning out, but um, he seemed to have a, a big, big setting. And yeah, I'm with Nick here. Man, I hope Classic Causeway is the goods. This is the one horse I have in Derby Futures right now because of the price I was able to get on it. Uh, Man, I, I hope this horse comes back and runs big at Tampa this weekend.
0: Uh, I'm just actually was looking at the article here on on DRF that they are expecting a full field of twelve for this yep. race, which is very impressive considering uh, how dominant Classic Causeway looked in that race in the Sam F. Davis, and the only horse I thought might come back to face him would be the runner-up Shipsational, um, who is going to be in here. But let's see: uh, Belgrade, Golden Glider, Grantham, Happy Boy Rocket, Major General, Midnight Chrome, Spin Wheel, uh, Dan and Mike's horse, The Skipper Two, Trademark, Shipsational. Yeah, wow. Lots of horses there that I'm like, oh, okay. And then spin wheel and ship stational. Yes. Yeah. He, I mean, he should dominate that race.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of animals with four legs in that race,
0: <laughs> but that's a, like,
1: that's a quality quantity over quality field. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, that, that just means it'll actually, we might get somewhat of a fair price on classic causeway. When you put that <laughs> many horses, the money's got to get spread a little bit somewhere. You can't have everybody be a hundred plus to one. Uh, one thing we talked about it uh, briefly. Uh, you talk about in due time. Uh, Can we talk about the Paco Lopez thing for a little bit? Uh, Is there any excuse whatsoever for what he did? And realistically, is anything going to even change?
1: Uh, So no, nothing will change. And let's start with that. I mean, this is something that he's done how many times, right? I mean, this has just been chronic at this point. Um, Talking about what he did. So, man, it's tough. Like you heard Alvarado talk about it on TVG the next day and say he was calling out yelling, I'm in tight, I'm in tight, I'm in tight. And like just to hope that everyone stays in their lane like this is it's a tough spot because Paco has to come out at some point during that turn. And there was a hole there. He beat a horse to that hole. That horse then gets bumped out and it kind of forces this chain reaction. I don't necessarily think this was as egregious as a lot of stuff that Paco does. This was like one of those things where I think that this was the correct. That's bad.
0: (laughs) I agree with you. And it's bad that that's real
1: this was the correct race riding move to try and win to that hole. He didn't know that horses, two horses out from him were bumping each other, which is where the accident ends up happening. So like there's sometimes where it's like he's aggressively riding and, and creating problems that he sees himself create. He bumped the seven and that caused the horses outside of him to have issues. And so to me, this wasn't one of those where it's like, wow, this is wildly egregious, although clearly dangerous. Um, like, I, but it's, it's tough, man, because in some of these races you have horses that are backing up at the same time, horses are going forward and it's all happening around a turn. And he it's his job to try and get horses into like his horse into the right hole to be able to continue that move. And he was trying to beat Simplification, who on the outside was getting a, a, a clean trip, albeit eight wide, a <laughs> clean trip to keep his momentum. And, and he needed to in due time to keep his momentum to be able to stay with that horse. He wasn't able to in due time then or I'm sorry, simplification just runs on by in due time, then rebreaks kind of or re-kicks into gear coming down the lane and gets up for second. Look, was it, it's tough because it's not, this is one of those where I don't think it was that dangerous. I think what he did was what he was supposed to do. The chain reaction he created is is unfortunate. Um, And if it wasn't Paco, I don't like, if that was Saez, I don't think people would be talking about this nearly as much. If that was, I, I don't know, if that was Jose Ortiz, I don't think people would be talking about it this much. I think because it was Paco, it also becomes a bigger deal than what it what it probably should have been,
0: or if it had been Irad, and and there was a lot of uh, commenting back and forth about uh, comparing this to Irad and his 30 day suspension. Now some people thought that was a joke because it was in the dead time of December, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. I all I know is that if that had happened in California. shot, but either nothing happens or you're suspended 30 days. So, uh, you know, I wish that that had been in California, because at least I know there's a 50% chance of some sort of justice. Uh, I agree with you. I think this is a little bit of a name on the jersey, you know. Uh, But was it? Brad Marchand got six games stupidly for swinging his stick at a goalie and tapping him on the head with it. And I'm like, anybody else? That's, you know, maybe a one game suspension. Brad Marchand. Yeah, that's six games. So um, I get it. Uh, Let's see. We can move on from that one. Other than also, uh, it's great to see not this time with three horses that seem to be in the top 10 for the Kentucky Derby right now. That's pretty great. Um, Let's talk about uh, Forbidden Kingdom. Uh, It was a horse that there were questions. Could he stretch his speed around two turns? Not only did he stretch around two turns, but uh, in the stretch, one thing I love to watch when a horse is alone like that watch the ears that horse's ears were up and forward. And he was just like, let's keep going. He could have done three more laps around that track and not broken a big sweat. So uh, my God, he looked good.
1: Yeah. He looked impressive. Um, The the two turns. Wasn't an issue. Got, got It's one of those high cruising speed horses where like, yeah, I don't think he's bred to get the two turns, but man, when he's out there galloping along at 46, he's awfully tough because he, he just keeps going. And if, until someone really presses him, I'm kind of interested to see if he can just keep it going now. I like I've talked about this quite a bit on across a bunch of different places. There's a lot of speed signed up in this derby. I mean, you have early voting, you have um, you have early voting, you have the epicenter, you've got Forbidden Kingdom, all three of them very much forwardly placed in every single race that they bet in. Um, like I think we're gonna have a decently hot pace out there. I think it's gonna be tough for anyone to to be coasting at 46, but it's all about the draw. I mean, we talked about this last year with Medina Spirit. The reason. We picked Metallica. It was the draw more than anything else, and the drawing inside a Your world, being inside speed, that's all really, really important. Um, I forgot about speed.
0: Rock Your world. Sorry, we all uh, thought he was going to be fast, and then that break happened, and it was over.
1: Not all of us thought he was going to be fast. Um, <laughs> uh, but like I, I, the draw is going to be hugely important again here, because it, like if Forbidden Kingdom draws a sixteen, no thanks, not even a little bit. Forbidden Kingdom draws a four. I'm a little more worried. Like that, that, that's a little more scary to me.
0: Uh Chris asked, was he awesome for Forbidden Kingdom, or were those crap ponies behind him? They're mostly crap ponies behind him and then a turf stakes winner who needs a break before Del Mar starts in Cabo Spirit. But I wouldn't say Doppelganger's not crap. Doppelganger has twice faced Forbidden Kingdom with a complete pace disadvantage. But also the problem with Doppelganger, Baffert's best are usually fast early. Doppelganger's not that. So he seems like he's like that that B level, which is great, you know, but not superstar.
1: I mean, Doppelganger needs to be four years old. I think that's really a lot. Of work. <laughs> yeah, because when Doppelganger is four, and he's he's in all the classic distances at a mile and a, a quarter, I bet he's pretty damn good. But at three trying to catch horses that are running legit fractions in front of him, and he's giving them 15 lengths, and they're going a mile 16. It's, it's trouble.
0: Uh, Mike, how do you feel about making a little side wager with Dennis? Dennis is convinced that Forbidden Kingdom will not make the distance at all and he'll quit at the eighth pole. Uh, Dennis, you want to say that Santa Anita Derby or Kentucky Derby? Because I bet you Mike will take one of those bets. I would take Santa Anita, I wouldn't take Kentucky. I, yeah.
1: I think I think Kentucky's gonna to be tough, but Santa Anita, I, I he's a deserving three to five favorite, and well, guess Messier will be there, but deserving non. Yeah, it's deserving so. qualifiable horse, right? <laughs> By the
0: way, Forbidden Kingdom versus Messier, that's gonna be the best standing to Derby since Justify Bolt Doro in 2018. That's gonna be a hell of a showdown. Uh JL in the chat says all this speed, there's gonna be a breakdown in the people's horse. Mo Donegal is gonna win the Derby. Uh hey, Todster, Todster getting the Derby win is not gonna make me upset.
1: It's interesting. I mean, we gotta remember for like we've had speed dominate the derby for the last couple of years, but prior to that, you always wanted to be that stalking type. This is one of those years I think you want to be that stalking type. And that means, like, look at Classic Causeway. Well, I guess Classic Causeway went wire to wire, didn't he? But mm-hmm. he was able to win from off the pace before. Like, like horses like White Abario, horses like Classic Causeway, those are the type of horse that I want in this. I don't want Epicenter. I don't want Forbidden Kingdom right now. I think it's going to be a lot harder to wire this field this year. So I, I want someone who's sitting just off the pace. And the problem with Modonegal is he's going to have to pass – 18 horses at one point in this race to be able to win. That is so hard to do in the Kentucky Derby. I mean, I, I, like go back and look at previous versions of the Derby. How often do you see horses pass 15, 14, 13 horses to be able to win? It, it's it's once every 20 years.
0: Um, the uh, doesn't it just feel like Mo Donegal is going to be the kind of horse that just draws like one, two, three for the Derby, where it's like this is a close a horse that's plotter, a grinder, and then gets. The inside post and gets forced way too far back, even farther back than the horse can handle. He's going to run like seventh. He's going to be a late running seventh. Like what happened with Gunavera.
1: I I can't wait to to hear how. Well, it's the second year of this gate, and there's one inside post position that's available. So the one hole isn't that bad this year, guys. It's going to be way better.
0: Yeah. Uh, listen, we don't hate Mo. I don't hate Mo Donegal. I don't, I don't, I'm not super high on him, just like Mike, but I don't, I'm not hating on him. I, I like the Donegal racing folks. They're all really good. Uh, Jerry Crawford. Uh, but Archie brings up, uh, listen, I've been saying for over a month Epicenter is my Derby pick. I'm sticking with him. I, uh, Aaron made a good point on a video coming out later on our YouTube channel today that uh, the more heat preps he sees, the more he likes Epicenter. Um, I thought that going into the Risen Star, he was going to have to show a stalking ability. And I thought that he, has it. He just hasn't really shown it yet. And yet he went to the lead right away. And all the speed horses that were in there, they just kind of let him go. This is all, Aaron made all great points on that. But uh I do love Epicenter here because I really do think this horse can and will stalk. He just hasn't had the opportunity. um On that note, Nick says, for anyone that likes Epicenter, do you like the six-week break before the Derby if he's running the Louisiana Derby, which he is? I do. I don't mind it. Do you? I mean, this is Midnight Bourbon 2.0 to me. I think
1: this is a horse that I just wow. like it, it like the, I, this is I, I will not use midnight. I will not use epicenter in the derby. I can almost already tell you that unless the draw is like beautiful, like perfect for him. I, I don't think he's fast enough to make the lead. And I don't think he can win without it. Can he run in second the entire race? Totally. Like he could I could see like yes. Forbidden Kingdom going out and you see early voted going out epicenter sitting third making the lead top of the stretch and getting run down by the horse in fourth or fifth like that's the kind of race that i could see epicenter running i just don't think he can make the lead and i don't think he can win without the lead and like it's just really good horse solid gray two horse but just like not good enough to be able to get the job done and that's what we saw with midnight bourbon for like once the the heavy hitters came in he gets beat and then he gets beat he runs second every time runs a great race his next time but like I just I feel like that's the exact same thing you're gonna see from Epicenter once the the big time hitters come in.
0: Uh, Mark, I saw you by the way in the uh, in the comments. Thanks for commenting on our videos, buddy. Uh, he was all over Secret Oath, best three year old east of the Rockies, and second best three year old by far. I'm assuming he like Aaron thinks that Messier is currently the best three year old, or maybe he's thinking Forbidden Kingdom. I don't know. That horse did just pop up there. Um, Secret Oath. God, can we just? I just want her in the Arkansas Derby. Like, wouldn't that just be the greatest thing if she goes out there and wins it?
1: Oh, it would be. I, I would love to see Secret Oath in the Arkansas Derby because I think it just adds more intrigue to this. Like I I like storylines. I like that the idea that you have Dwayne Lucas with two in the Derby and one of them's a Philly and we're taking a shot like that to me is interesting. It, it keeps it spicy. I like. I want that. And I could. And Secret Oath to me is a handicapping nightmare. No yeah. clue like what to do with her if, if she is in the Derby. Uh, she's sitting twenty eight to one right now in Vegas at Circus Sportsbook. So she's on the board and she's she's a, a reasonable price. So and I I think it was Aaron who sent something that that. You know, the coach is trying to talk the ownership group into running in the Arkansas Mm -hmm. Derby. So it's even though he said right afterward, we're not doing it. The ownership group doesn't want to. Here we are a week later. And all of a sudden, little birdie's just tweeting away in that ear. We'll see what's going to happen here, man. I I wouldn't, I think she's going to be in the Arkansas Derby. I kind of wish we'd put a claim in for, um, We'll see what happens. I, I do think that she's probably the best three-year-old on the grounds right now at Arkansas.
0: Oh, without a doubt. There's no question about that one. Uh, the best horse overall on the grounds, however, is Garhold, but uh, he is four years old, so we have to talk about him. <laughs> um, the What was it going to see? Oh, Daryl, we'll end on this one. We'll get out of here on this last one. Daryl says, assuming your horse makes it into the Gate Derby Day, pool four of the Kentucky Derby future wager opens this weekend. What are the minimum odds you were looking for slash will accept? But Mike will answer that question on a video later this week we're going to be doing another preview video we've done this all year long for the kentucky derby uh we uh, it comes out on wednesday mike and i will look at the future pool odds and mike will tell you who he thinks has the best value and who is worth uh passing on that one so nice little tease for you there daryl tune in uh wednesday or thursday that's when the video will be up
1: i'm pumped because like like the last couple we'll have a overseas numbers as well so you can kind of shop there and then i'm going to send magic the, the circuit numbers too so we'll have a u.s base book, we'll have an international base book, and the bear mutual pool that we can talk about there and kind of shopping for the best odds understanding when to bet them when to fire uh because why to borrow, i think what was it 190 something to one the first pool
0: 171 to one yep unbelievable Yep, and I was too sick to make a bet on that, and I'm still (laughs) mad at myself about that. However, I am not mad at all that all of you lovely people joined us. You're still joining us. We've had a huge viewership for this show the whole time, so really thank you for that one. Uh, Good luck. The uh, the sequence is going to be starting in about 40 40 minutes here. So uh, if you're getting your tickets for the Golden Hour Pick 4, let Mike and I know what you're playing on Twitter, at Curtis Calloward, at SumoBomb18, number one, number eight.
1: got two things left to talk about.
0: Oh, shit. What do we got?
1: Okay, first off, let's let's talk about Lascano cuz I think we have to at least talk about oh. this. And the ride that we saw in New York with Lascano, doing his best Paco Lopez impression, just like he was he was watching he was looking more than I am during the show, watching my TV in the races. than then like what like it was unbelievable. And then he gets beat when he just didn't ask the horse really enough. I'll never understand these look around jocks. When you have anyone within a length of you, just send at the 8th pole. Just use the horse that you have. And then at the 16th pole, look around. If you're free, then wrap it up. Don't wrap it up and then have to send when someone comes up to you. Um, this one was just ridiculous because it was first off a claim into the Linda Rice barn. The connections. He rode that horse last time out. The connections that won the race or the, the, the connections that the horse got claimed off of and the horse that passed him on the outside. So there's just... A ton of stuff going on. There's a hearing. T- Dr. Tanks mentioned it here. There's a hearing that's on Friday that they're going to talk about this. So this is a kind of a string of, a, of quite a few situations or issues we've had with jockeys. Uh, where They're just not riding to the wire, or there's some really unique, interesting things that are happening. Look, part of the tough part about betting on horse racing versus betting on sports or betting on poker, whatever the other other things you were gambling on, horse racing, you're betting on an animal with an animal on top of it. And both of them are thinking sometimes, Um, so it's hard to to, like get all of this right and get it perfect every time. You're going to see some weird shit happen. You're going to see some rides you disagree with. You're going to see people being idiots. You know why? Because every day in the world there are people being idiots, and this is one of those examples where Liscano was an idiot, and that I think is the entire excuse. Like I I don't think he tries trying to fix the race and lose the connections. I think he was he literally thought he had those two horses cooked to his inside, and he didn't even though he looked back ten times didn't see the horses outside. And didn't just ask the four when he could have. That, to me, is the biggest, like, no, like, what the heck are you doing, man? Just ask the fourth, the eighth pole. He would have won by a length.
0: The, I asked a jockey friend uh, about that. And I said, what what do you think? Someone does not associate at all with the New York uh, jockey colony. And so what do you think of this? What do you think happened? And uh, their best guess was that the instructions were from Linda Rice Don't hit the lead until the quarter pole or the eighth pole or the three sixteenth pole. Don't hit the lead until a certain point, which is why off the turn you see him still holding and standing and looking to make sure nobody's coming inside and just complete mental error. Didn't think to look around uh, the outside. Yeah. They're having a hearing Friday. So we'll see what happens. Um, This made me laugh. Dennis says he did it on purpose. I know Mike, you're used to getting perfect rides, but that's the rides most of us get Uh, that Mike is used to getting perfect rides unless he bets on the bell curve. And then it's you you are all (laughs) over the bell curve riding up and down. Um, yeah, and
1: I, I don't think he did it on purpose. I like, and I realized like you, you know, you hear this too, like you know, someone made so much money on that. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily buy into that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I realize that there is race fixing and occasionally in certain places, but I, I like it, to me, it just makes no sense for well, kind of to do it that blatantly in that spot. It, like, just yeah, not. And I don't, I don't think that you're going to see that that much in in at Naira, for instance. I think you will see it in other places. I think this was just someone being making a mistake and i agree with you like a lot of horses you don't want to hit the lead too early because if you hit the lead too early the horse just gives it up and so i think Or they're looking around
0: they're looking around for their friends yeah
1: oh boy oh boy come on ruben get him up get him up ruben 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 Ruben. oh the six is gonna run them all down on the outside now maybe the one's gonna hold get up six hit him ruben hit him Ruben had a 35 to one shot that just didn't get home. Um, anyway, yeah, like, I, this was one of those weird situations where I think this a lot, like Liscano made a terrible decision, probably had instructions not to hit the lead too early and made a bad choice.
0: Um, and Nick says, one reason I love I ride, I've never seen one time where if he had a chance to win, he wasn't doing everything in his power to win. Uh, go watch the 20, ooh, 2018 or 2017 um, Azeri Stakes at Oakland Park. Uh, he The one time Steve Asmussen ever asked him to ride Terra Promessa, a horse that was all speed, watch him choke that horse till it literally blew in the face and then has nothing left to run when actually asked. Uh, Dan, we'll do you a favor, Dan. Good to see you. Got here late. We're going to post it. Oh, it's back up. Mike already did it. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, rolling right down there for you Dan we'll keep it rolling as we get out of here because that was it right we don't have anything else to talk about
1: oh we have two no, we more don't. jockeys to talk about no, two, they're taking their tack to New York my man so do you want to talk about Pratt and uh and your boy Rispoli or your boy Pratt and Rispoli I should say
0: I'm just I'm not happy about it Mike I'm really <laughs> not <happy> about it. <laughs>
1: why going like to dominate out there now <laughs>
0: I actually, I texted Ruben on Sunday. I said, hey, Pratt and Reese Buller are leaving. The number one jock spot's open uh, pretty soon. You want to come back? And he was like, I'm thinking about it. So uh, as he's up there trying to win with 35-1 to 1 donkeys at Golden Gate, um, bring him back down. Grade one winning jockey, Ruben Fuentes needs to come back. Uh, one it name makes- for you. What?
1: Relu Gutierrez. Get your ass out west. He would be sneaky good if he went out west right now.
0: I don't think he'd be sneaky. I think it'd be um, great. The problem why everybody's leaving California is because they're down to three race days a year or three race days a week and seven, eight races a day and five to six horses a race on average. And you can't make a living as a jockey doing that. I mean, Drayden's here. Drayden's going to get more uh, Baffert mounts now that Pratt's gone. Hopefully he gets back into. Baffert's good grace is there. Um, Johnny V is not, I don't think Johnny V is going to stick around full time. I think he's going to do uh, a little bit of a hired assassin. I think he'll probably go to Keeneland when Keeneland opens up. He'll probably go to New York for the big stuff. And I think Del Mar, he comes back, but I think for a while we lose Johnny V too. Uh, we're losing Pratt and Reese to the East coast. Uh, Reese Blee was the first one to announce it. And when I saw it, I thought, "Uh Oh, he and Pratt are best friends. I thought that he was going to go and Pratt would make an official move the next year. Um, and then the next day, Pratt's leaving for New York in the spring and the summertime, and uh, I get it. He wants to be. He wants to win an Eclipse Award. He literally said in the DRF, I, I want to win an Eclipse, and I can't do it here. I mean, yeah. he there's. if you look at his season last year, he could not have been any better than what he did, and he was going all over the place trying to win in New York on big days, and he was doing it, winning at Keeneland on big days, winning at Gulfstream, and then he comes back to California, and he's trying to race three days a week, and you're facing Joel Rosario, who's hired assassin number one? No, you can't do that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's this this to me now becomes a big part of the storyline. Oh. I mean, who you got?
0: Oh, because
1: <laughs> it's it's gonna be Rosario. It's gonna be Sia's. It's gonna be Irad. It's gonna be Jose. It's gonna be Pratt. It's gonna be Rispoli. Like um, Velasquez is coming back. Uh, well, I don't even Castellano. Know
0: but Alvarado's Castellano. coming back. Lescano's gonna be there.
1: Well, Escano doesn't know how to know so but 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 Vasquez and Castellano, their percentage chance of winning that meet is this. The big old goose egg. They're not gonna do it. No chance. So it's it's like it, it's gonna be interesting to me. I, I think there's someone posted that meme, right? Where it's the, the dude looking at the girl and it says Pratt across it and I read and Nose are there. I wouldn't be shocked if Chad Brown makes Pratt his go-to turf rider.
0: Okay, so that's where I was gonna go next. Is we talked about this when Pratt was starting to get the top Clarovich mounts that Irad used to get, and we're like, uh, "Watch out!" I thought it was gonna like this is gonna make for a fun rivalry if the two of them are against each other and Chad's picking between and oh oh, this is gonna be so good. Oh, man, it's gonna be so good. The, the,
1: this it, it's just it's gonna create Keeneland's gonna be incredible, and then on top of that, Saratoga is gonna be incredible. It's gonna be really interesting. I would like man Pratt at Gulfstream in the winter. Like, are we going to get that too? Like there's a lot of different things that could happen here that I think is gonna be really, really interesting. Um, uh, Yeah. But I I, like, look, long-term the other thing that I don't think gets talked about enough. If you want to win an eclipse award, that traveling part of it comes into, it's a big, it's important piece of it. Like I lived in California for a long time. I still go back and forth all the time. You live there. If you want to ride on Saturday at Oaklawn, it's a pain in the ass to do it living in Los Angeles. It's a heck of a lot easier in New York to take a day and fly there to fly to, you know, I don't know to go from Monmouth to Saratoga on, on those big dates. It's so much easier to make these trips, these short trips on the East coast than it is to fly across the country and fly all the way back. It's, it's just, it's wear and tear on your body. It's it's not as easy as people think. I think he's going to be, if he gets the mounts, he's going to be monstrous. And I don't see how you do this unless you know, you're getting the mounts. And Oh, by the way, If he ever wants to fly back, he can get every mount he wants in California, whatever Saturday he shows up for, right? Like, it's not like Baffert's going to be like, I'm not going to let you ride my really good horse. No, like I don't think you have any issue of getting those mounts
0: in California if you want them to. Dennis, I love you. That is one of the dumbest statements I've ever seen you make. That, that, that Dennis says for audio listeners well, that's terrible television or terrible radio uh Pratt had his hand uh could basically Pratt could pick what horses he wanted to ride last year in California but it won't be that like that this year in New York and Keeneland he's gonna have to ride the 12.5 claimers and bad awful horses to be considered for leading rider uh I mean he'll ride them but he'll ride them to win the guy wins every goddamn thing that he rides so
1: well I, I think this is actually the interesting part what yes. happens to the pace in New York?
0: They are so good with that shit in, New York. in California. They used to mess with each other all the time. Remember when Reese be on going to Vegas, Pratt was on. Was it Dog Tag or Luck? And the two of them just constantly every race they're playing mind games with each other to the pace. I
1: mean, and, and to be fair, I think Irad is a better dirt rider than Pratt. Um, I think Pratt is a significantly better turf rider than Irad, and I, I think Pratt is more versatile on the turf than Irad is. I, I don't love Irad on the turf on speed. I like Jose more on the turf on speed than I do Irad. Um, but I, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be fun up there because all of a sudden you're going to have a lot more mind games and you're going to have two jockeys that are much more willing to push the go button earlier in turf races and make moves around the turn and force pace. Like that's going to be the biggest part of this to me is, is how this turf pace is going to play out. Cause we've been making fun of Naira for years, years, um, about it. And, and now we're not, I think this is also interesting here. Pratt doesn't have a derby horse. He'll have a Derby horse every year on the East coast every year. Now this would probably be different if Baffert were in the Derby, but um,
0: I was going to say, he's kind of hand, handcuffed this year.
1: It, he is, but he would have a Derby horse every year from either the Brown or the Putcher barn, if you wanted it, or the Asperson barn or a bunch of other barns that like are top trainers out there. So I, I think this is part of it as well.
0: I would like to remind everybody, Dennis included, uh, who seems to hate Flavian Pratt, uh, which Dennis, we're, we're, we're starting to become real enemies here. Um, <laughs> Uh, Flavian Pratt, the third or fourth jockey in history to win the Queen's plate and the Kentucky Derby in the same year. So shove Man. that. Up your ass.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. He My never point, the, the reason derby. I bring
0: that up is uh he doesn't have a derby horse right now. He didn't need a derby horse to win the goddamn Kentucky Derby. He, he didn't won win. the Derby for Bill Mott.
1: No, he never he never won the Derby. I'm not giving oh, him shit. credit. He did not he did not cross the line first. He didn't win that derby. He wasn't even he wasn't the second best horse in that derby. Country House is the like I don't even want to get started on that
0: stuff. Uh, code of Honor should have been the winner. I was actually thinking randomly about this yesterday. For I don't even know why, but I was like, you know what? No, Code no, of no. Honor should have been the winner of that race.
1: That's incorrect as well. It was uh, War Will should have won that race, but
0: well, I mean, if you want to go with the uh, you know the heart response, yeah, yeah. be oh, anyway. fun. Uh, but like, I, answer I, Trish, yes.
1: What should should uh, there have
0: been a DQ uh, of in due time for the High Oaks fall? Yes, I say yes.
1: I'm 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 on the fence. I'm I'm fitty fitty. Paco, just kidding. Yeah, you just hate Paco. You hate Paco. You love Pratt. I, what I would say to, I to, the, to Dennis's point, like, look at what he's done in New York. Look at what Pratt has done in the days he travels to New York. It's just a crush fest. Like he destroys that, and it's it's picking up mounts going over there too. War of Will, baby, should have won the Derby. Um, I had a lot of money on that freaking horse, uh, <laughs> and I had a lot of money on the one seven exact too. Anyway, um, yeah, that's one I will not forget for a minute. Um, yeah, like, look, I, I'm, I think Pratt's gonna do just fine in New York.
0: Yep, I do too. On that note, we'll finally get out of here. We uh, we got Archie. What Archie wanted all day long was for to watch me say no. Nope, we're say not, the saying, name. not not saying the name. No, nope, no, nope. not gonna do nope. that. Uh, we will say thank you once again for joining us. It is now about a half hour to the Golden Shower Pick Four start. So make sure you get those bets in. Let us know on Twitter if you're playing the tickets. I am at Chris He is at some 18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. We will see you on Thursday for a lot of fun. Go to the YouTube channel. We've got all sorts of shit. This is going to be coming out all day and all week. Uh, very proud of the content we're putting out together. Until Thursday, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, guys. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com